Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Rich Hudson. Hello. And joined by Josh Brown. Hello. And we're going to talk about all things remasters, remakes, redos, reworks, whatever you can think of, because we've been talking a lot about the Spyro Reignited trilogy, because it's pretty gorgeous. <laughs> yes, it is one of the best uh, remakes slash remasters of all time so far. Um, and basically, we had this whole conversation, which kind of started around about the Game of the Year Awards last year, uh, as to what qualifies for a new game, what quali- like should Spyro have been in the running for 2018 uh, Game of the Year. And if you've watched our Game of the Year for 2017, when Crash Bandicoot, the remake came out. five, wasn't it? That got yeah, it got well, in, because <laughs> Josh and Jules are actually insane, and they I, insisted I on I think I might have voted for it as well. Yeah, you might have done. 10. I can't remember. Scamp. <laughs> and so that, that became one of the games of the year uh, for that the end of that year which I'll never live down but according to Josh Brown that's completely fine so we're going to have a whole podcast on what constitutes uh, whether like one ah. of these games should be considered a new game and all that kind of stuff this is such a long time coming we have had endless <sighs> endless debates about this and yep. despite me converting a lot of people in the office that's Jules well, and Ash, actually. I, I still don't think Ash is fully on your side. But, but anyway, carry on. Right, well, anyway. She goes back and forth so much yeah. that I, I don't know. Ash? But. I know. Nah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I so I'm so. fully convinced that games like Crash Bandicoot, um, Ensign Trilogy, and Spyro Reignited should be considered as modern games, despite the fact that they yes. are very much built on old mechanics and ideas, but they have been reimagined in a way that sort of should should make them uh, eligible for Game of the Year consideration. Okay, so my, my, my opening gambit is, the if you can answer this question, right. what, what do these new games fundamentally bring to the table that wasn't there before outside of visuals? Here's the thing, right? What when, it, when like my main comparison here is movie remakes because that's mm. the only really that's the only real frame of uh, reference that we have for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like movies get remade all the time, whereas when games get remade or rebooted, it's often just a reboot. Like Tomb Raider um, 2013 yep. is sort of similar to the old Tomb Raider games, but it's very much a reimagining of that world. Mm-hmm. Whereas games only have recently been start to have been remade the in like a holds, con- yeah. conventional sense. So I would say, what does it bring to the table that's new? It is definitely visuals it is sound it is assets it is everything with the exception of maybe the core kind of mechanical maybe but because that this is where my argument hinges is that the core mechanical sort of foundation it's not 
exactly the same because it's not built on the same source code or same thing. It's an interpretation. It's... Yeah, but the games I'm talking about yes, aren't yes. built on the same yes. source code. Mm. And I say that's why it's a new game because it's someone, it's a new developer, a new team trying to recreate what was what's already out there. Okay, and I'm... that to me is sort of different from just kind of remastering a title where the foundations are already there. Okay, Rich, where do you stand on this? So coming off on Josh's point about based on like engine and source code, if you had to boil, it's, it's hard to boil down this because this debate is, there's so many variables, it's all completely grey, there's, there's no definitive yes or no unless you're Scott Telford. Yeah. <laughs> but in my opinion, if a game has been remade and it's on an entirely different architecture, it should be considered as a full remake yes. and therefore should be considered as a new game that's been built because in the grand scheme of things it has been built from the ground up as a new game. Mm. The idea about bringing something new to the table, I kind of understand that idea. Mm. The only thing that I can think of that would constitute to that but also being a, a, a true remake is to fix something wrong with the original game. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, something like Crash that ended up on our game of the year not last year, but the year before. It's weird saying that. <laughs> um, they managed to mess up those things with how the platforming felt, how slippery and slidey the edges of things were, mm -hmm. and it didn't. It ended up actually breaking something, not fixing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's depend. Like, it, it's all, it nearly, it's only, nearly always going to be a case by case basis. But the the example that you gave about like movies being remade, like they're not the only the only remake of a movie that was shot for shot exactly the same was the Psycho one with Vince. Was it Vince Ford? See, that that is one of them, but that's <coughs> not the only one. There have been lots. Sorry, of yes, okay. Yeah, so yeah. that record or whatever. Like, there's been there's been some other ones, but they're very they're very few and far between. So I would yeah. say that they're the anomaly. But we can bring them back in. But in terms of like using the film comparison. Like, unless a movie is shot for shot the exact same thing. I mean, it's weird because, like, when Wonderful Life got colorized or when any movie gets a 4K update or whatever, they're not new movies, but the visuals are overhauled. Yes. So it's like, it doesn't make it a, 20, a, a 2006 movie that was originally released in 1990 this, or, or whatever. Like, it's, say, it's think, visual, it's not gameplay. I think that stems core. into a different side of this argument, which is the remake versus remaster mm, yeah. debate. Because in my opinion, a remaster is a game that has been as you said about A Wonderful Life or game or things, films being re-released, like here's Jurassic Park in 3D, like who who cares, but here it is anyway. Yeah. It's the same thing, but it's just been, it's been polished over. So something like, for example, um, I mean, porting a game between generations probably wouldn't really count like GTA on the 360 and PS3 versus it on PS4, PC and Xbox One now. That doesn't really constitute as a remake, whereas the Skyrim Special Edition is just the same game with the visuals upped in terms of like the resolution of the textures this, well, that's like a, that's basically what uh, the video game equivalent to what you're saying about just a film being re-released in well, a new way why did the uh, Skyrim Special Edition with those overhauled visuals not count as a new game in 2015 or whatever it was as opposed to Spyro because this is what like I'll go back to what Rich said um, when you re when you sort of reimagine like Spyro you like update the resolution you're going back to something that already exists you are just plugging back into that sort of you're going back to that code mm. you're upraising the textures or whatever you are not creating them again you are not fundamentally creating everything or a good chunk of it again whereas mm. when you go back to Spyro you don't have that core there to begin with you have it as reference but then you are building your own version of it trying to imitate it whereas they are two kind of like different products when you go back and remaster say when George Lucas went back and put in special yes, effects into yes. Star Wars he and went 3D. back yeah he went back to the core thing and then inserted he them into what was on. already there kind of bolting stuff on he didn't sort of create the whole thing again so that would fit mm. sort of consistently with it whereas when Spyro there is like an overhauled 
um, sort of visual design, for instance. Yes. It's trying to maintain the same personality that was there originally, but it is sort of entirely um, Toys for Bob's own sort of take on that version. It is something new, whereas yeah. it's not just being plugged in to the old version or spruced up from an old version. See, having gone from the original trilogy, like I rebought it and went back through the first two on my Vita, and like going from them to Spyro, yeah, obviously the visuals, the attitude is, is a little bit tweaked for the modern age. Like Spyro has a very slight different, he's got like, he's almost more like kind of punky and more like pugnacious and energetic that he is in the new one. Yeah. And in the old one, he's a bit more kind of snarly and he's just a little bit different. But it, it's always, because it's video games as a medium, it, for me, it has to drill down to the core of the essence of the medium. So like, it's like, well, what are these new games bring to the table in 2018 that wasn't there before? And so for that, it's like, well, in Crash's case, it was unilateral control schemes across all three games. Whereas in Spyro, it's like, well, we added them, you know, like we added right stick analog control. Yeah. But that was in the Vita version anyway. Um, you had to go into the options and enable it and stuff, but it was in there. And so I'm like, how am I fundamentally playing Spyro Reignited versus playing the PS1 one? And the answer to that question is, I'm not. I'm still playing fundamentally the same experience. Yeah. And when you said before about like they're, they're aiming to imitate what was there before, but deliver their own spin on it, that almost cancels itself out because you can only imitate it to a certain degree before you have recreated that thing. And then you're doing for 2018's audience what 1990, what they did back in 1997. Well, that's, that's interesting because like, obviously if you go, like a lot of people really love the Spyro Reignited trilogy. Oh God, I have to into, say I adore oh, it. Yeah, like course, it's yeah. phenomenal. But yeah. if you go into like the diehard fans, there will be people picking apart like the visual like, yeah. differences. And I think that is indicative of the fact that it is kind of their own take on this franchise. Like each of the dragons, say in the first Spyro game, have been kind of like reimagined. They all have individual character visually, models now. Yeah. yeah, visually. And some some of the lines are different, but it's supposed to be like vast majority is the same. Yeah, vast majority is the same. But each one of those character models is now different, whereas there were ten mm-hmm. I read in the original that were kind of like recolored and stuff. So even in that alone, you kind of have these visual differences that don't impact gameplay but sort of impact the feel and the experience of actually playing that game in my opinion mm-hmm. I don't know it, it depends what you think it's more of like a philosophical philo- philosophical thing because mm-hmm. I think for you you kind of are very much focused on a game is kind of like gameplay first and everything else sort of adds to that but if nothing is fundamentally changed then does that it, count as a new yeah thing? even that I, I mean I don't like hard and f- I don't like rules for the most part it's just that like for the sake of having the debate you have to address it in rule sets so like that thing it's like some games like visuals play a, a much bigger part of the percentage of why you enjoy it something like Gris is incredibly visually you know identifiable and, and it's it's just drinking that game in on a, on a visual level is, is great but that's the thing I, I still like if I still asked you like what does it fundamentally bring to the table other than visuals, right. I don't because you well because yep. <laughs> to bring Richard, you were said yesterday about like the it's it's about game engines as well. Like if you have yeah. a new game engine that fundamentally makes it new. I mean, I mean, your I agree with both of you, but like Scott's argument yes. as well about <laughs> yeah, about the idea that it doesn't really bring too much. It is just in itself a remake does put those in a grey area as to whether they should be considered new games or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure you're going to lead on to this point, but then you have the games that take an old game and they reinvent the entire thing. Like Resident Evil 2's Like Resident Evil remake. 2's remake. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That, for example, for me, would be considered a brand new game totally. because it's something completely new. Yes, on the game side too. Yeah. That that So that's the crux of my whole thing because, like... <laughs> There's a weird grey area we're going to get into later this year with Crash Team Racing because I don't think that qualifies yet. I haven't played it yet. But like they're they're bringing in new levels that Naughty Dog never used and they're giving it online functionality, which is a core thing to the gameplay side that wasn't there before. I don't think that makes it qualify because it's still 90% the same Well, I mean, exactly. I mean, kind of a weird parallel to Mm. that. Think of something like Switch Online with the NES stuff. You can play leaderboards online. Does that make that a new game even though it's still literally just the NES game playing on an emulator? If they went more down that road, 
Ruin, they had more fleshed out multiplayer side of things. I mean, they brought Wind, uh, Windjammers back and made that online. You can play that on PS4 and it's online. A lot of old school games come back with modern functionality. Um, I think it depends how much they, that then reframes the experience overall. But then the flip side to that, something that I was kind of trying to get my head around as where I could put this into conversation is the idea of the fan service side mm. of things. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I think, I don't know what it was recently, I think it might have been... Um, Shenmue 3 I think we were making this for the fans or something's being made for the fans recently that that horrible phrase which means basically we're going to bollocks it and you're going to like it because it's just a fan game Maybe. if you bring out a remake of a game and you change so much maybe that would make the fans of the original game less keen mm. I mean as an example take uh, Modern Warfare Remastered from a few years ago mm-hmm. not only did they botch that by bunging it only in the special edition and then by the time they released it standalone nobody cared anymore mm-hmm. when you look at the multiplayer they changed so much and pumped so much modern obviously this was the this was the height of, of rubbish microtransactions they bunged all that in and mm-hmm. people hated it mm-hmm. If you change so much, maybe not in that same way, but if you added in too much modern stuff into what people would expect to be an old game, would it then make it worse? Well, that's because what happened. The fans with, like, have that expectation. That's what happened with the Dungeon Keeper. Well, EA just like pumped that full of microtransactions when they re-released same with it. Command and Conquer, and yeah. Diablo, and the new so. Lemmings as well. Like, the, the, yeah, that's like a way of taking like the literal the code side of it and then yeah. like plugging stuff into it. What was the thing you were going to say before? If you remember what it was, oh, or maybe I was going to say that. That's <laughs> kind of like linked to what Richard said. That's the really fascinating thing for me, especially with the um, remakes remasters Activision are pumping out (laughs) because they are very much designed specifically to this is going to sound bad but it kind of weaponizes nostalgia in a way it wants you to sort of like you games journalist (laughs) it wants you to remember playing these um, games as kids and it wants to replicate that same feeling it's very much banking on you rediscovering these these games and thinking back to you playing them before in order to sell them so I think that's why they are specifically trying to recreate that same Mm. feel with like updated sort of features and sounds and voice acting and cutscenes or whatever but it is very much trying to capitalise on that nostalgia we all have those like classic mascots and try to reinvent your youth whereas Resident Evil 2 that's coming out is kind of doing that but it's very much its own spin on it and that doesn't seem all too concerned really about using that nostalgia in order to sort of sell products they're still banking on you really enjoying Resident Evil 2 mm. but it's it's a reimagining of Resident Evil 2 it is not um, for people who only played Resident Evil 2 no I think that's the thing like the, the best remakes are the ones that make you because you, yeah, everyone has a mind's eye view of the games they played as a kid and then you go back to them and you're like oh my god it's blocky as hell oh my <laughs> yeah. god it's not as responsive as I remember and like the best remakes are the ones that play like the mind's eye version of that game which is entirely what Spyro is yeah. Um, because yeah if you go back to the original Spyro you'll find that the platforming isn't like you know it's it's still quite floaty and they retained a lot of that in the new one Um, but those older games aren't necessarily as completely tight as the new ones but again like I wouldn't say that's a fundamental change Mm -hmm. but whatever Um, whereas yeah like something like Resident Evil 2 is completely overhauled to be more like Resi 4 and has a completely different uh, appeal because of that Um, I wonder if like the metric is just percentage like the percentage of the experience that is different like whereas I wouldn't say that the percentage of the Spyro experience isn't different enough but Resi 2 would be Shadow of the Colossus wouldn't be because it's not it's just that's entirely a visual overhaul it plays exactly the same control schemes are a bit different but I think that's that that replays into the grey area of this whole debate mm. as to how, where you draw that line for example as another weird parallel when you're playing pool and somebody pots the white what constitutes a shooting down the table there's always so many <laughs> different interpretations as to how to take that in and I feel yeah. like you can kind of apply that to this because mm. I mean somebody might completely disagree with you Scott I'm sure people will daily <laughs> Spyro and sitting next to two of them right now CTR show I didn't say I disagree with you <laughs> Oh, yeah, true. He's the impartial party. I yes, he is. Your, he is. I am being the impartial person here. Just the one. I, I think it's just like I. My <laughs> position on it is, I think it's 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 so grey, and I think I'm 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 sitting on the fence, and I'm mm-hmm. quite happily sitting on the fence, and I think it's it's one of those things where it's worth deciding 
based on the game. I don't mm-hmm. really feel like you could put down a specific set of rules as to what constitutes as to being a new enough game to be considered for things mm-hmm. like Game of the Year because then there'll be so many things people can say, oh, but what about this? Yes. That doesn't yeah. come under that. Like, I think it's one of those things you should take and look at per game totally. rather than as a whole. Also, I mean, we had uh, Pokemon Let's Go on the Game of the Year last year and my argument for that at the time, and I'd stand by it now, is that it fundamentally is a different game. Obviously, Absolutely. it's very much Pokemon Absolutely. Yellow, but it's got there's all the hybridized elements from Pokemon Go. You don't catch in the same way. Like, the way that the world is populated is different. Random battles are gone. It changes the way that certain areas, the difficulty in those le- uh, areas and stuff. So that worked for me in me, terms of the Me personally, that improved Pokemon tenfold. Yeah, because especially like the, uh, the, the grindy oh, element of the, of the old games. Whenever I boot up Ruby or Red or Yellow, and I'm just thinking, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I've got a Pidgey and a Pikachu, and it's yeah. like, I cannot be asked to sit and walk around in circles and level them up. And I back in the day, we could. I mean, the idea of having an RPG on your Game Boy Advance SP for me, like, that was incredible. <laughs> but nowadays, I'm like, not that I'm a, I'm a millennial and my I know what you mean, span is super short. It's mm. more just like, I can't be bothered to do this. And then uh, Let's Go took all that and went, okay, let's make it more accessible to you and therefore a hell of a lot more fun. So, mm-hmm. you know, that like week, two weeks was just solidly Pokemon. Yeah, the initial launch window was great. And like, but that's the thing. They, they refined the mechanics and made it play with a different sense of, like a different set, set of gameplay loops or a different sense of flow or whatever you want to call it. It plays differently fundamentally than the other games did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to bring it back around again, that's always going to be my go-to thing. Yeah. Is that like, other than gorgeous visuals and the, like, they, they did refine like the animation systems and stuff. Like they had to rebuild the game uh, in a way that I don't think the Crash ones did like the new Spyro plays perfectly it plays like how you imagine the old games yeah. did um, but that's the thing on a fundamental level other than camera controls yeah and but, obviously that shouldn't be knocked managing to recreate an engine like that yeah yeah it's, so it's a feat it's, yeah, but it's, like it's quite a, quite yeah. that's, that's kind of where I get to it I, I know you're not you're not discrediting the work that de- the developers did in no. the games but when I come from it well, the place I come from is that they have spent like so much time trying to recapture the feel and mm. they have redone the cutscenes they have sort of re-recorded the lines maybe changed them here and there mm. redesigned things there's a lot of effort that's sort of gone into these games and I think to just sort of describe them as oh it's still just the exact same is kind of I don't know it kind of does a disservice in my eyes to like the overall experience of what playing these games is like yeah fundamentally there's nothing mechanically that's all that different about Crash especially uh, and um, Spyro but the overall experience of playing it is is different those mm. things to me do impact the overall kind of enjoyment or the feel or like the atmosphere you get from it depending on like what the visuals are or how the music sounds or how uh, things are voice acted yeah. that does have a much larger impact and I'll go back to like I, again because this is the only frame of reference where we kind of have like the shot for shot movie remix yes. um, Funny Games in 1997 came out like the horror movie and then it was remade in 2007 by the same director right. using the same house the same script translated into English the okay. same props the same um, shots but had different actors but no right. one would say that that is the same movie as the original Freddy Games people have their preferences and it's like those subtle differences are kind of it's still important to me in a way like mm-hmm. with games like the structure and the foundations are have been recreated to be the same but everything else still adds to a adds to the overall impact and the overall well that's, that's of, the you know percentile I mean? experience yeah, yeah, way yeah. of coming down on it because like yeah and plus like, just for the sake of outlining there's no way that I'm saying it's a negative thing yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm not discrediting anything. The, the work that Toys and Bob have done is phenomenal. Like, honestly, this is my favorite remake of anything. Like, a re yeah, remake of anything. Um, I just, I love the way it plays and feels and looks and everything. Um, it's just, the only, com the, the crux of this whole conversation is just the, the quantifiable elements of what makes it a remake, remaster, and Games of the Air type stuff. But it doesn't discredit the work that's put into no, it. Like, whatsoever. I think to open the debate up even wider, like, not necessarily specifically about remakes, but the idea of what should be constituted as something that can count towards the, the end-of-the-year awards, Mm. surely just any game that isn't a like a generational turnover port so something mm -hmm. like Wolfenstein The New Order Call of Duty Ghosts GTA 5 anything that's released within that year should be like anything new basically yeah. should be considered anyway even though Spyro as you said is a remaster it's still a new game it does so much whereas something like regard, yeah. um, I can't think of an example of my head, off the top of my head but for example a game that say released on PC first one year and then the year after came out and everything else should Dead Cells or something Dead Cells should that still be considered for game of the year I know it was yeah. but like should it be since it technically came out on PC first mm -hmm. most um, and I totally do this most like console coverage tends to just discard PC entirely yeah um, because it's very hard to keep up with the release dates if you go off either early access dates or just like the because like obviously the console base is so much bigger so the majority of people are going to keep up with console release dates um, but that's obviously like another side of it as well as like the, how much are you classing the release dates based on when yeah. it was first out in the public because there's an extent when you're talking about the whole remaster versus remake does that kind of discriminate that one <laughs> tiny portion of games that are released in that year versus like other than obviously things not 
releasing that year. Everything else seems to be eligible, mm. whereas that tiny little portion aren't. Yeah, no, yeah it's, uh, I think that kind difficult. of makes me like if there, if there was a, like a load of different variables that would like that not necessarily remakes that would also make other games not necessarily um, eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, then I feel like I have a bit more legs to it. But I think in the grand scheme of things, if a game is released one year, it should be. I tell you what, in as the well, scheme of things eligible. Yeah, I mean, like thinking about it, like you've got like you got that Pokemon Let's Go thing, and obviously, like I said, fundamentally Pokemon Go hybridized the kind of thing, the way that it plays. Um, but this new like kind of uh, rush of like remakes or whatever, like the, you got the Aves Odyssey one, you got Crash and Spyro, Medieval's mm-hmm. coming out. Medieval's more like a just a just a skin overhaul by the looks of it, looking at the gameplay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, there's, there's that. It's like, is this a whole new category of remakes? Was that what you were going to say? This is what I'm so like fascinated about, right? Because at the start <laughs> of this generation, we had the idea of HD remasters, right? That's they what I was going to say. Yeah, that's so different. Just kind of like ports. Um, that was, yeah, like that was just basically a blood port. Yeah, same engine, Skyrim, same, same yeah. as like that. Which is why your film remake thing didn't gel with me. Yes, because yes. that's all they're doing. Uh, well, I, I like. Yeah. Know. I feel, I feel this, like the two very different sides of very different courts. Only if it's the ones that are shot for shot remake. It doesn't matter anyway. Uh, what yeah, was you going to say? The whole point is like I think now going into the future we are very clearly moving away from that yeah we still have HD remasters but now we are going down the kind of remake route and mm. yeah you, we, we are arguing whether or not Crash and Spyro are eligible but you've got things like Ratchet and Clank which is very much a sort of reimagining we've got um, Resident Evil 2 we had Resident Evil on the GameCube back in the day but uh-huh. I think that sort of started this wave of new ways to interpret old games that we're getting now that is markedly different from just a HD remaster yeah. but as we are arguing today might not be eligible for a full remake on YouTube. The only way that I can kind of boil it down to like a rule set, it, it has to be percentage based. It's like how much do, do these new elements like change on an overall percentage basis, the percentage of that game. So it's like Resident yeah. Evil is a visual overhaul. Obviously they tightened up the, the mechanics and the way that the characters control. They added like analog controls so you're not doing the tank controls. Um, and that first Resident Evil remake on GameCube later PS4 is like phenomenal. One of the best overhauls of anything. Um, but something like, I don't know, Shadow of the Colossus is very like mechanically similar. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an example you mentioned just before. Oh God. Uh, I which one it was but like it's yeah it has to come down to like it, like Spyro again it's like how much are the visuals affecting the way that you play it and like it kind of all just boils down to yeah. that stuff so maybe there is a way to kind of apply a rule set but to he's, it. that's why I think we will never agree because I think everyone's own personal kind of assumption of how much it impacts the game will change mm. there are people out there who do not give a crap about like graphics and stuff like that and who only care about the gameplay and that's not a bad way to that. sort of view games like that's totally eligible but there are people out there like me where the visuals are a huge part of mm. the experience and the, the core gameplay is fine but I'm going to take more stock in visual changes than someone else might someone else might not give a crap what Spyro looks like as long as that sweet platforming See, material that, is still there you know what okay I mean? so that's what I was going to say I was going to mention Ratchet and Clank because you brought that up yeah. and so that is like yeah a remake of the original but it's it has like entirely new cutscenes and the story is framed differently you're, it's a retrospective you're looking back like it's basically Captain yeah. Quark and Ratchet and Clank talking as they're in jail cells talking about when they had old adventures and then it flashes back and you do those missions leading back up to that point again. So Insomniac found a way of like addressing the old but giving it like a new spin. And so that should have been qualified as a new game because it's mm-hmm. like it's it's more fundamentally different yeah. um, but you're still playing it and that, well I guess yeah, yeah everything is kind of overhauled in that thing this, but that just, yeah. that ends up getting thrown in the same bucket with Resident Evil or the HD remakes or, or whatever that just it's like it doesn't get thought of as it changed the game yes like but but yeah this, this is why it's so okay, I keep saying that a lot this is why it's so interesting so it's just I, it's philosophical maybe, man maybe it's just interesting <laughs> to me um, no we're all massive nerds yeah. it's fine <laughs> well, this is why it's interesting to me because it's so early in 
the sort of games are still a very sort of young media yeah, where, yeah. and we're only really getting around to the idea of kind of full remakes now. So we've got ones that could be considered shot for shot remakes, and mm. then we've got reimaginings like that, and we've got others that are just completely different. And that's kind of like what film has as well. They mm. have shot for shot remakes that are fundamentally the same. They have remakes that aren't shot for shot but are pretty much identical like horror movies do this all the time like mm. the cabin fever Eli Roth's cabin fever is more or less exactly the same as the cabin fever that came out in 2017 though that one is far worse despite them having the same core structure and then mm-hmm. you've got wildly different reimaginings of um older properties like Suspiria that came out this year and I think that as we go forward in games we're going to see those three divergent paths like come up as well Probably. we're already seeing them in like sort of the shot for shot of Spyro the complete reimagining of Ratchet and Clank mm. and then I mean the sort of structural reimagining of Ratchet and Clank it's like recontextualization yeah and then, of yeah, those and then the complete yeah. reboot of Tomb Raider so I think as we go forward we might see that diversifying I think Right now, we're just sort of at this stage where this is all new and scary and who knows what the hell's going to happen. I still, I mean, because we were talking about Black Mesa before, yeah. and it's like that their way of, because it's 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 beat for beat, Half-Life, but better, like remastered. Yeah, they and, changed enough of it to make it feel sort of new, but also not to detract from Half-Life. You know, Half-Life's one of the best games ever made, mm. and, you know, people won't, I won't hear a bad word said about it. <laughs> but, like, if you go in and change that, if you, if you can go in and you can change that game and you get this unanimous praise from a community that's 20 years old, then you've done something right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, like, would it consider, in, in your criteria, would it be considered a remaster? or A new sorry, game. Would it be considered a new game? Probably not, mm. because of how much it does change. But th- I think the experience of it, for me, I would say yes. Right. I would say yes, nominate it for everything. It's incredible <laughs> that they've managed to do this and do it well. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know, just stemming off something that was mentioned earlier um, about, like, awards and things... What do you think, as you said, Josh, like this the, the the industry is evolving and it feels like remakes, like full on remakes. I think remasters are kind of dying out because mm. I mean, the backwards compatibility push and stuff being available on like PlayStation Now and mm-hmm. whatever kind of kind of caters to the whole, okay, here's your nostalgia, there it is. It's their way it of monetizing is. it, yeah. yeah. Do you think that remakes in themselves would kind of become their own sort of not a subgenre, but like a parent genre? And that eventually we could, like, if there's, like, two or three remasters a year, kind of like like a VR games um, category at the Game Awards, it's quite small, but it's, mm. like, best remake every year because we'll get, like, two or three remakes every year from here on out. Yeah. Like I said, you this year we've so, got yeah. Resident Evil 2 and we've got Crash and we've got Medieval, so that's at least three. Final Fantasy VII's on the horizon as well. Whenever that'll be. Yeah, <laughs> if it's even real. I feel, like, I feel like maybe that could become a new sort of parent sub whatever genre of gaming, and I think that's... I like that idea. Well, that's, it would give, that's the it would thing. Give, especially companies like Toys for Bob and Vicarious Visions and Beanox are doing um, the Crash Team Racing remaster. Yeah, I, remember, I think right? so. Which is a bit weird. Is that, I, I did not know Beanox would I'm not sure if it's Beanox. I'm, I'm pretty certain on the trailer it says Beanox. They're, like, they're working <laughs> on Black Ops 4. <laughs> They've got time. But yeah, okay. It's fine. But like those companies, like, I mean, Vicarious Visions, bless them, they don't really do anything of their own, do they? They just, <laughs> they just pick up other people's rubbish. Well, it's the Activision with it. Yeah, umbrella. but like... like yeah, exactly. That's why probably why Beanox are doing it because yeah, they're owned yeah. by Activision as well. But I feel like those companies get that lease of life, being able to do that stuff. I mean, if they're quite happy doing that, not doing their own IPs, then then fair enough. That fills a niche that they essentially cater for, mm. and we can bring that to the forefront and make it a big thing. There's a lot of passion in Spyro as well that like you can feel that they really care about making these. Because if you do side by side comparisons, like I said, either you go from game to game yourself, or you just look at it online. Like mm-hmm. the level comparisons are insane. The amount of detail in those levels and and in the games themselves is kind of insane on a visual and a fidelity rendering level. Um, but it's like, yeah, maybe what I was saying before, like maybe this is just a new type of 
like it needs a new word, like a revisit, a remake. Like yeah. it's something different. It's not yes. a textual upgrade like an HD remake or a 4K upgrade. Like what well, if you put an old game into an Xbox One X, it'll update it. Um, it'll same game, but it'll get you'll get different texture options or whatever. Like yeah, it'll make yeah, yeah. it smoother. And That's that kind just of thing. literally a remaster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like like yeah, that ends up with so much stuff gets thrown into that bucket as like a catch-all. But then something like this new wave that we've got. I mean, the Abe's Odyssey remake just went completely un- like no one talked about that it was, in the same yeah, way was, that we are now. It was slightly before its time in a way. Yeah, like, yeah. It was sort of was that, this. Uh, that Totally be right next to Spyro mm. and Crash, and the you know like, well it depends on how Final Fantasy VII one goes, but assumedly like those kind of things, because something like the Final Fantasy VII one that'll be classified as a new game because it's going to play more like Final Fantasy XV, uh-huh. and so like yeah. it, it changes enough that enough of the percentage of that experience is different. Well, I think this is I think this links in very well to the fact that games kind of conservation in a way is kind of completely messed up. Mm. Like it is so well unless you have like money and access, it is difficult to play a game in its original form. Yes, in Game developers have constantly been re-releasing HD remasters that try to preserve it in a way. It makes more sense for them to sell it back to you. Yes, but no one would say, I don't think that sort of Spyro Reignited supplants the original. They can coexist. (laughs) I might say that. Would you actually? Well, it depends depends what you mean. like, Like, I mean completely, like... You wouldn't get Spyro reignited, I would say, and say, oh, this is how it, this is it. This is Spyro the Dragon 1, 2, and 3. Don't bother about the original games. It depends who it's for. Really? If someone said, should I play Spyro, I'm going to give them, I would recommend them the reignited trilogy. It's that perfect. It's that much of an imitation. I think it's one of those things where I don't think they set out to try and replace the original. No, they don't set out. I don't think remake, even even like remakes that we just never want to see happen. Like, for example, Back to Film, I would never, ever, ever want to see Back to the Future remake. (laughs) No. (laughs) They would never try and just replace the thing that came before. They normally try and make them coexist alongside each other, Sometimes. like the yeah. the sort of three different versions of the thing. Even though obviously one's mm-hmm. a remake of one, and then the other's a prequel, but like they still kind of stand together. Mm-hmm. I feel like with something like Spyro versus Crash, like for playing the Crash and Saint Trilogy was the first time I'd properly played Crash, right? Right. Because mm-hmm. I didn't play it as a kid, mm-hmm. so that kind of opened that door for me. But it doesn't, in my eyes, replace it. So I feel like they they deliberately go and make these things coexist. That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to say. I think okay. That's kind of helps my argument in a way because they are trying to make them coexist the one does not overtake the other mm. like a way a sort of HD remaster is supposed to you're supposed to look at that and be like oh this is it how it was intended to be right like, right right this is like a director's cut yeah like a director's cut or something mm. like that it's not like me playing last it was remastered on the PS4 thinking oh, I should really go and play the PS3 one because that's apparently better in some way shape or form yes. that, yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. the same game that's weird because that almost like highlights the exact thing well yeah it depends it all comes down to like how much they've done how much work they've done because mm. if it's a textual upgrade then yeah you're never going to go well I want to see this blurrier so like you'll just <laughs> <laughs> You'll play it as pristine and, and crisp as possible. Um, but that's the thing. I mean, like, for the Spyro one, like, yeah, if someone said, should I play Spyro? I would recommend the Reignited trilogy. I wouldn't recommend Crash because I think they ballsed up the jumping physics. And it's mm-hmm. a contentious thing, but whatever. So it's going to be game. It would be case by case. Um, but in some cases, like, because Spyro fundamentally plays the same way as the old one, I would just recommend Reignited because it looks that much better. Also, and so the accessibility yeah. arguments as well, which is kind of yeah, a totally. separate thing. But like, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I have got a PS2, so mm. I could play it if I found a copy. Well, of it, the thing like, is, not everyone does so no and like going back to Spyro on the Vita uh, initially before I changed the camera controls I completely forgot that old school platformers one didn't have analog sticks and two you had to rotate the cameras on the on the buttons oh, yeah. awful. so I was just like oh god but Going you can change that playing hit and run all the Harry Potter games on the PS yeah. <laughs> this is kind Dreadful. of what you were saying earlier Scott when like it's it's how your mind's eye remembers totally. it you remember it not only looking beautiful but playing with a kind of modern because you're so used to modern yeah, you just, controls, assume, you just yeah. assume it was like that before True. despite not even having analog sticks I know. and it, it, and that 
that like I don't think that fundamentally changes. I've used the word fundamentally so fundamentally. much in this <laughs> damn thing. But I think um, yeah, I question like how much that sort of like does completely change the experience. I I I do still think that like Spyro is a complete visual overhaul, mm-hmm. and having gone from the old to the new like weeks apart, that like they're nigh on they play nigh on the same. It's yeah. a refined like perfected version of that old one. Um, but I do think that there is there is a way to approach this entire debate by just saying like well what percentage of the experience it feels different and uh-huh. maybe that's the way you come down on it because like then you could say that Spyro f- feels different. I think it's just open to interpretation, which means going into the no, game. No, there's of the rules, year, Rich. Going, going, <laughs> into, going into the oh, game of the year 2019 debate, oh, uh, way away in December, we, we <laughs> lay out all of the remasters, remakes on the table and go, right, so which ones count and which ones don't? We have <laughs> mm. another big debate. Yeah. I mean, well, oh, what were you said there, like, I love the idea of you being able to sort of get a percentage of what's different stuff. But like I said before, it fundamentally changes, there's that word again, yeah. on like a person-by-person basis. You might might not care too much about certain things that I care loads that's, about. Yeah, I, yeah that's the whole subjective yeah. object. Yeah, that, you can get completely lots of minefield that. There's, the, it's easier to focus on the um, the stuff you can see right in front of you. Like the like Spyro Reignited is is visually overhauled. Like you can literally side-by-side and, and see that this new version is better. It's it's rendered better. The, the graphic quality is way better. Um, and so like we're kind of as nearly always with these things, we're nearly we're probably both right, um, regardless of the subjective thing, um, because it is a 2018 game. It is like those graphics couldn't have been done back in the day, but at the same time, the core framework, even though it was recreated, is from 1998. But like, it still plays with a level of controllability and accessibility and whatever that makes it more modern. So it's kind of both. Uh-huh. I still don't. It is a 2018 game. I feel like I'm kind of convinced you're going to have You are and you aren't. I mean, it's... Right, we're going to get reshoot game of the year 2018. (laughs) Which, what you said, I was trying to dig into that for a second. That was really interesting when you mentioned that the first time you played Crash Bandicoot was in the sort of Insane trilogy. Mm. And I I think sometimes we forget... What a horrifying reality that is. Be be quiet, (laughs) because one of the games of the year, Scott. But I think sometimes we forget that we are old, old men. Some older than others. But there will be people who are just growing up, like... Playing the worst version of Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, good. But it's a version though isn't it nonetheless <laughs> still playing yeah but that's day. that's that's like imagine watching the Vince Vaughn Psycho and then be like yeah I, watch, I saw Psycho exactly well that's exactly my, that would be my point in that case exactly Scott, my point. not everyone's played Crash Team Racing but a lot of people will have thanks to this remaster true. so you know there'll be just more people for you to whoop yeah, it's true I mean that's <laughs> like you, that's what I was going to say you would go to Rich and you'd be like stop playing this it's not the way it should be played go back play the originals mm. and that to me kind of proves that they're two completely different products interesting it's trying to mm. imitate what came before and it kind of messed it up in a way. So you would go, right, go play the original. In that case, different. though, in Spyro's, because it does it so well, I would just say play the new one, which yeah. is me saying you might as well play the old ones too because they're so similar. Well, Therefore, maybe, it's not maybe, as new as you think. Maybe it's all just down to critical reception then. Like, mm. we, for example, like based on how good or bad a remake should be, maybe, and obviously Scott wouldn't agree, but like for me, it comes across like Scott would say that Spyro should be up for Game of the Year, whereas Crash shouldn't because they, they botched Crash and they did Spyro perfectly. It wasn't, see, it wasn't about um, technical execution. It was always about the fundamental core, the percentage of the experience so it was always for me that both those games are the same as they were back in the day with visuals I don't know but I mean, maybe maybe the idea of it being utterly perfect should maybe play into the idea of maybe we should give this a but it was always perfect it was perfect back in the day so it's like there's but again that. the fact that they managed to redo it I mean I just I bring in bring in Sonic all the time Christian Whitehead manages to recreate the Mega Drive engine like almost mm. perfectly something Sega 
Sega themselves <laughs> didn't even do. Sonic, but Sonic Mania has new levels. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's not part of the remaster. Oh, it's such it's, a swamp. It's so, it's so deep we can go into today. It's ridiculous. It's good. It's a very good one to have. Um, you guys should also let us know what you think down in the comments below. Or find us on social media if you're listening on wherever you happen to be listening. This has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Rich. Thank you for watching slash listening. And joined by Josh Brown. Hello and goodbye. I'm catching next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.